This is Todd Summerfeld. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Crookston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Kuhn, and we'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. The corn and soybean markets started out the day strong yesterday, but only managed to finish with small gains. The wheat market was mixed. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says a thin holiday trade can lead to volatility. Uh, it probably is going to be a little bit of a quieter week when you have quiet trade weeks. You know, you can get these big moves like gaps higher, gaps lower. Uh, so just be attentive to that. Work your orders at the elevator. That's the best thing to do is say, hey, you know, I'd be happy selling at this level because, you know, we had our old school open today. But uh, moving forward, you know, those night trades and holiday weeks can get kind of wonky. Traders will be positioning for the end of the year. And the big question is where we come in towards the end of the week, right? You have normal hours all throughout the rest of the week, normal close on Friday. And so last week we saw really starting on Thursday that the markets kind of stepped away. And I wonder if you won't see that again this week. After opening sharply higher, the grains did fade into, into the close. Ever Ag market analyst Cole Adams says the holiday trade continues. The volume has been pretty good um, considering the move that we've had. Yeah, but nonetheless, it's still that holiday trading. How many guys are already looking toward the new year? The end of the month, end of the year, a little bit of positioning themselves for um, any other quotas that they've got to meet or um, anything like that. And traders will also be watching news headlines. You know, there is a little bit of China and Taiwan issues escalating. You've also started to hear over the last couple of days, Russia and Ukraine wanting to have some sort of agreement come by the call it February time period, so market's going to start trading that as well as South America weather for the next couple of months. South American crop consultant Michael Cordonier is forecasting the Argentina soybean crop at 43 million metric tons. That's down 2 million tons from last week. This is the fifth consecutive weekly decline Approximately 60% of Argentina's soybean crop is planted. The value of farmland continues to increase. USDA chief economist Seth Meyer credits the increase on a reduction in debt. Meyer says landowners should not judge the entire farmland market by smaller increases. But I think it does tell you that for some producers in some sectors, it's been a good year. Cash is on hand. Asset values are increasing, and I think that that is and has provided a little bit of. Farmers face tough conditions putting a crop in this past spring. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Too wet or too dry, but very rarely just right. Those were the conditions for many farmers trying to get a crop in last spring. South Dakota Wheat Commission Executive Director Reed Christofferson says this past year was challenging in many different ways for wheat growers. Well, it was certainly an interesting year, um, and of course in South Dakota, we're just about evenly split between winter wheat and spring wheat, so each of those can have a, a life totally onto their own, and uh, probably are much more influenced by the geography in the state in this last year, especially uh, how drought might have affected it. Certainly the, uh, the global situation and its impact on wheat prices was um, you know, well-received, 
But uh, we certainly wish in some cases, especially with the Ukraine-Russia situation, that, uh, you know, would be a peaceful situation rather than the turmoil that those uh, folks in Ukraine are experiencing. Demand for wheat is strong, but Christofferson is concerned prices could drop. With the uh, the higher prices, though, on sale of grain, of course, they were fairly well matched by uh, increases in all the input costs, whether that be labor, equipment, fertilizer, seed, chemical, uh, fuel, right on down the line. So the ever-increasing costs, um, you know, certainly have been a challenge. And unfortunately, as, you know, time moves on and someday we will probably see a, a recessing of the, uh, the wheat and the grain prices. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Russia is said to be building a new transportation trade route through uh, to the Indian Ocean through Iran. That 1,900-mile-long rail line would save on miles. The United States is concerned Russia is taking that action to avoid sanctions. Go to the Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com. You can sign up for our weekly FarmNet News e-newsletter. You can also download this broadcast, as well as you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, all at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. There will be a lot of new faces at the Minnesota State Capitol this year. That'll include a new policy director with the Minnesota Farm Bureau Federation. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has that story. The Minnesota Farm Bureau welcomes Pierce Bennett as their new director of public policy. The Ohio native and Kansas State graduate comes to MNFB from the Livestock Marketing Association's government affairs team. Bennett says he's excited to represent the Minnesota Farm Bureau membership and Minnesota farmers. One thing that really excites me um, is having a career where I get to represent the people who are putting food on, on our tables, who are creating the, the food and the energy and the, and the fiber that we need to, to, to have a society. And um, I'm really excited to work on their behalf and to represent them to, to our public officials, to our allied industry, and, and just to the public at large. It's, it's a privilege to get to have a job like mine and, and working on their behalf. Um, is what gets me out of bed every morning. Bennett says with a new farm bill and many new faces at the Minnesota State Capitol, this year will be a busy one. It's a farm bill year. Our priorities there are going to be things like protecting crop insurance and ensuring the continued farm safety net that, that our farmers need, both for certainty but also for protection. It's also going to include taking a look at the various conservation programs and, and how those are being utilized, as well as to understand that there are a lot of things that are working. And we want to protect what is working and protect what our farmers need in the farm bill. And, and so it, it's going to be a very busy year. We have a relatively new uh, state house to work with. And then we have a farm bill going on in D.C. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. <laughs> Bravant Seeds Area Business Development Manager Ashley Bergfeld says Bravant Seeds held up in tough growing conditions this past year. I know across the whole corn growing belt, we've really had good performance, even in some of those tougher acres where maybe the yields weren't what farmers expected, um, but our products hung in there. Um, we have everything from really productive products that can do good under irrigation to products that can be planted at lower populations to handle some more of those drought type conditions. 
E3 soybeans have been a popular choice for farmers preparing for 2023. The one thing that we have seen farmers kind of changing to and we're really talking a lot about with our retail customers is um, the E3 soybean platform. So you get three um, modes of, or three different herbicides that you can use with that program. So it gives farmers a lot of flexibility to fight those tough can control weeds. And it's also a very um, safe and easy to use from a grower perspective as well. So that's really like one thing that we are talking a lot with our retail customers and farmer customers about this year. Brazil's new finance minister is asking the current Brazilian administration to extend a federal tax exemption on fuel taxes. That exemption is scheduled to expire Saturday. If the fuel tax is allowed to expire, it will likely push more sugar production and keep ethanol less competitive. Missouri, now one of 10 Midwestern states that will allow for year-round use of E15 ethanol. Minnesota and South Dakota are two of the other states seeking approval from the Environmental Protection Agency. United Soybean Board has a new chair, Megan Kaiser from Missouri. Kaiser says soybean investments have been successful this past year. She cites the Mississippi River dredging project. And the checkoff really got the ball rolling there by saying, what are the barriers of entry? What's keeping this from going? And it, it turned out that it was planning and design. And that's the kind of work that the checkoff can invest in. And that $2 million investment from soybean farmers was met with a $245 million investment from the federal government and the state of Louisiana to make that dredging get started. Kaiser says the United Soybean Board has their priorities in place as we head into the new year, 2023. We're in the second year of our new strategic plan, so we continue to look at things like health and nutrition, and on the farm that would mean plant and soil health, and then also, of course, on the demand side, looking at human and animal health and nutrition. We're looking at infrastructure and connectivity. We're always looking at how are we going to most efficiently get our soybean crop to the global marketplace, and then on innovation and technology and making sure that farmers have access to tools that help us make data-driven decisions and be more efficient so we continue our sustainable U.S. soy production. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Well, the omnibus spending bill includes funding for agriculture disaster assistance for weather-related damages this past year. Senate Agriculture Committee Ranking Member John Bozeman says this will help farmers and ranchers. We've really done a good job as a Congress supporting our farmers with various disasters, and, and they've been all over the map. You know, from hurricanes to uh, you know the, the incident in Iowa. That you know, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, so we've done a good job of doing that, but it's not, it's, it's basically uh, Congress, you know, fighting for those dollars and getting them out the door. Sometimes those in need, though, won't receive those dollars for a couple of years because of the way the system works. Vive Crop Protection Northern Agronomist David Reef says new technology is available, proven to be promising for sugar beets in recent trials that were that they're excited to offer in 2023. In the last year, we've had a new product come to the market, and that is Astronaut. And that essentially combines a synthetic chemistry, azoxystrobin, plus a biological co component 
uh, that brings some plant health and disease control benefits along with it. So it's kind of a dual mode of action fungicide. And uh, in, for the sugar beet region specifically, we've had some really good trials come back this year where um, we've not only seen a little bit of a tonnage increase, but also a sugar content increase um, for, from, on those crops that had astronaut applied to them. Despite supply chain challenges for some crop inputs, Reef says the advantage of being a smaller company has helped Vive avoid those issues. One of the perks of being a smaller company is we're pretty agile and pretty uh, pretty flexible, and uh, we've we've been able to secure product and secure tech, and uh, we we have not had supply issues. So we appreciate all the support and uh, would encourage you guys to try some new products like Astronaut on uh, your sugar beet fields as you get planning for uh, next year. Checking markets, we are down a penny for Minneapolis wheat as we speak, 9.33 and a quarter. The May contract, Minneapolis wheat, down three and a quarter. Chicago wheat for March, one and three quarter higher. And the hard red winter wheat contract for March, a fraction higher, three quarters of a cent to the plus side. The corn, we're down a fraction, down a quarter penny for March at 6.74 and a half. July down three quarters. January soybeans, that's where the strength is this morning as we speak. The January contract, 1497 and a half, 15 and a quarter higher. The March contract, 1504, that's 15 cents higher. As we check in on the farm calendar for this morning, plenty of activity as we move into uh, a new year. The Lake Region Extension Roundup will be held next week, uh, the 4th and 5th in Devil's Lake. Uh, they've got a variety of topics. On Wednesday, they'll have a uh, a handful of crop consultants talking about uh, the 2023 growing season. They'll have a look at is weed issues, including palmer amaranth and water hemp. They'll look at land and machinery values. On Wednesday, they'll have roundtable discussions on canola production, resistance weeds, uh, weed-resistant challenges, livestock, soil health, and more. Again, that's next week in Devil's Lake. The Minnesota Organic Conference, which is hosted by the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, is meeting January 5th and 6th. St. Cloud is the site for that meeting. And a little farther out, it is the uh, uh, Black Hills Stock Show. That will be held January 27th to February 4th, and that, of course, in Rapid City. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.